0: Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine.
1: Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Yeah, and it's real weird because
2: we're recording during the day on a Wednesday. Yeah. Which is bizarre. Bizarre never we don't sound happens. like we're
1: absolutely exhausted and ready for bed <laughs>
2: yeah yeah it's I, I'm it's bright in here it's warm outside yeah. like it's feeling very odd I'm not like absolutely uh, dead tired from working all day so
1: uh this is weird it's weird it's, it's new, good weird. it's different we're here for it we love it we love it
2: All right. Well, let's jump into the news of today. And let's talk about I know you and I both have this. It's really the only thing I have because my week has been bananas. And also (laughs) there's so much on this topic. I mean, it's kind of the only thing I've been thinking about.
1: Anyway. Right. It's kind of all over social media, I think, for a lot of us that like follow those types of accounts. Like a lot of, you know, now this politics and things like that Mm -hmm. are sharing a lot of videos of what's going on. Um I'm pretty much seeing it everywhere. Even today I was at um I was at a hotel.
2: I was meeting somebody, like I I had a meeting this morning and I was sitting in the hotel lobby and
1: it was on. Like it was on CNN, no sound. So Yeah, and that's the other thing too is that it's like ongoing. So because we are recording this on Wednesday morning, we're not going to have the most up-to-date information about what's happening with the hearing for the Supreme Court possible new Justice Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Um, but we will give you what we know so far and what is kind of big in that topic at the moment.
2: Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about President Biden's Supreme Court nominee, Katanji Brown Jackson. She is on track to become the first black woman to sit on the Supreme Court. She is extremely qualified for the job, having been a former U.S. District Court judge for eight years and a member of the U.S. Sentencing Commission and newly appointed to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. She has also been through three separate Senate confirmation proceedings since 2010. She is actually more highly qualified than at least four of the judges who are currently sitting on the bench. Yeah, I
1: wouldn't doubt that. She was also, I believe, a defense attorney, if I remember hearing that correctly. And Mm -hmm. then I believe she also worked for the district attorney or the prosecutor. There was some other office that she worked for as well. And something that, you know, Democrats are very much applauding her for is that she started from, you know, being a defense attorney all the way to where she is now and just kind of working her way up those ranks throughout the years. Not just
2: a defense attorney. She was a public defender, which is um, there hasn't been a public defender sitting on the bench since Thurgood Marshall. So that's, absolutely wild. And now
1: tell me if I'm right. I believe the difference between like a public defender and a defense attorney would be that like a public defender is one that you're just kind of like, like if I were to go to court right now and I don't have a lawyer, yeah. I would be Appointed appointed a appointed public attorney a, public attor- a defender. I yeah. wouldn't be given necessarily. I would have to hire a defense attorney, right? To make a, de- it that a defense way, right? attorney.
2: Yes, you can choose a defense attorney. Usually, they cost a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Right. So, you're a public
1: make- defender is just free for the person who needs it, right? Right. Which
2: I believe also that that was her choice. It you know it wasn't like she couldn't. Obviously, she's. A very very good lawyer yeah, and judge, very very um, smart. It's not as though she couldn't have been a defense attorney and made a lot of money. No, it was- she
1: wanted to help the people that couldn't afford a proper defense and still have them good, have a good defense. And I think that that's something really interesting is that like defense attorneys and public defenders can be seen as like the bad guy because they're defending the person on trial rather than, you know, or defending the person who's allegedly done something bad. You know what I mean? So we automatically think negatively about that person. But we don't always think about, it's so vital. Every single person deserves and needs a proper defense. So having someone who truly does care be there as a public defender is so important.
2: Right. I mean, and also as a black woman uh, and a public defender, I'm sure she has seen the ways in which our society has railroaded people as well or our legal system has railroaded people as well. Yeah. But you know, her confirmation is before I go into everything else, like her confirmation is all but a foregone conclusion. There really isn't anything for them to, Attack her with and they know it, which is why they are attacking things like her record as a public defender. They are saying that she was soft on crime. Yes. For no reason other than the fact she was a public defender, because if you look at her record, uh, she was very fair, it would seem. Yeah. Um, But
1: it's because she was defending criminals that she's seen as being right on crime.
2: The vast, vast, vast majority in the reading I was doing, the vast majority of people who go on to be judges, let alone Supreme Court justices, start out as prosecutors. Right. So uh, it's very rare or, you know, maybe not very rare, but far more rare for a defense attorney, let alone a public defender, to go on to be a judge.
1: Certainly. Um, I wanted to mention really quick, I think his name is Dick Durbin, but I did something on my phone and I think it's affected my iPad that if I write duck, it Changes it to fuck because I was sick of oh, it yeah. being the other way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now I can't write Duck. It just changes it to fuck. Uh-huh. And I, so I'm guessing his name isn't Duck Durbin. It's Dick Durbin, the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee. I would assume. <laughs> yeah. I would assume it's not Duck Durbin. Yeah. I wrote fuck Durbin, chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee. It's got to be Dick. Yeah. Oh, Madigan, Madigan. Introduced Jackson as a champion of the rule of the law with a long record of excellence and integrity. And the quote that they said was, the reality is the court's members, in one respect, have never really reflected the nation they served. Mm-hmm. In it's more than 230 years the Supreme Court has had 115 justices. 108 of them have been white men. Just two justices have been men of color. Only five women have served on the court and just one woman of color. That
2: is so upsetting like all of those things I knew like as you said them but when you say them in a list
1: like that and you break it down into those numbers especially with that first one being 108 of that 200 or what was it 108 of the 115 justices were white men Yeah, and then breaking it down into those smaller Only two groups men of color even yes which is just like that you'd is, think that that number would at least have been a little bit higher before I don't know I mean which, which all is of it's upsetting
2: <laughs> a lot of this racist shit that's being hurled at her during this confirmation hearing which also by the way can we just for a second talk about how
1: well she is handling herself through this. Oh my this. gosh. She is giving herself pep talk after pep talk, like, girl, keep your cool. Get through this. When you get home, you're going to have a vodka tonic and yell about it, and you're going to be fine. But for now, bitch, you better keep your cool. And, and, <laughs> for the most part I don't even think that she's really struggling with it no she's a judge and a badass she's fine that's just how I would be <laughs> but there was one like <laughs> I saw Ted Cruz was showing her a book about babies about baby being
2: racist yeah and like yeah I think it was um written by the same guy who wrote how to be an anti-racist yeah but it's a children's book and he was like what do you think about this book and the the pause and the sigh yeah. that she gave before calmly, gracefully, articul- articulately answering his question was so telling. Like yeah. there, that silence was so loud in the pause <laughs> that she took right before she's she like, addressed him. Am I him.
1: really gonna answer this question? Yeah, right she's now. like, he asked, "Our babies racist," and she was just like, "Why are
2: you asking her?" Like,
1: no, okay. Well, just, this is why. This is why they're asking because she was appointed. Hold on. Let me find this. The basis for the questioning was because she is on the board of trustees for Georgetown Day School in D.C. So he's saying because she is working for like a K through 12 school, he's believing then that she would in some way have control over the curriculum, even though she's just like on a board of trustees or something like that. So that was kind of her response to that. Like, No, I do not think babies are racist. And even if I did, I don't have control over the curriculum of the school that I work at. I'm on the board of trustees. So from what I read, I believe it was on CNN. They were saying that was Ted Cruz's reason (laughs) for bringing, Uh you know, books and things like that into his discussion.
2: It's Mitch. No, not Mitch McConnell. Lindsey Graham also asked her. He was like what's your faith? Like, what what faith are you? And she's like, I'm Protestant.
1: What does that have to
2: do with anything? And he said, okay, well, do you think that you could be fair to judge someone who was Catholic? And it's like, do we ever (sighs) ask these questions... Of anyone else, like I really feel like you are grasping at straws because you know that she, there is no legitimate grounds to no, deny her being on the gonna bench. But they're going to
1: bring it up because they want at least those discussion topics to be heard in this hearing for everybody that's on the other side. Like Absolutely. bringing up yeah. hot button topics yeah. like critical race theory and religion and things like that are ways for the other side's ears to perk up to be like, "Ooh, what's she going to say? What's she going to do? Right. Oh, was that the right answer? Should she have said right. this?" It's it's setting them up for a friggin' tre- Oh,
2: absolutely. It is. Uh, There were also like in her past as a public defender, she had advocated on behalf of the treatment of Guantanamo Bay detainees. Right. By the way, if you don't know about that, please go back and listen to our uh, 9-11 War on Terror episode because the way that those people were treated was is
1: horrendous and inhumane. Horrifying. And, and she should be defending them. <laughs> and absolutely,
2: she should be advocating for them to be treated like human, human beings. beings. Uh, but some Republican senators like Tom Cotton from Arizona, it led them to ask her if she ever re- represented a terrorist from Guantanamo Bay. She was okay. asked several times. Like, I don't know if that was actually in this confirmation hearing or in her last um, Court of Appeals
1: hearing hearing
2: <laughs> uh, I don't know which one it was because they have been saying racist shit for so long yeah uh, to her in an effort to keep her from advancing yeah which is
1: just ain't that the way it works ain't that the way it works well before we go any further should we take a really quick break
2: yeah let's take a quick break and we will be right back to keep talking about
0: Katanji. you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts.
1: And we're back. Okay, so another thing that really pissed me off was that this guy – Republican Senator Josh Hawley. Oh, yeah, from Missouri. <sighs> yeah, from good old Kansas State. It's
2: uh, I get like hot. My chest gets hot I, every I time feel. I see a picture of that man. I hate him so much. I hate him. With just like a, a real, like, it feels
1: personal. I don't blame you. <laughs> I I I think that we all kind of have that with our hometowns, especially if you have like Like you're embarrassing positive, us. Right. And you have like positive memories or you want to feel like a connection to that place and then you see it's people doing super shitty stuff and you're like, no, We're don't not, ruin it. Not all Missourians. Right. For real. Yeah. <laughs> she got out. All right. But this asshole wrote a Twitter thread about how Jackson was lenient on sentencing those convicted with child sex abuse images. This tirade was followed by debunking from CNN, The Washington Post, and even the conservative National Review, who called the thread meritless to the point of demagoguery. Did I say that word Mm -hmm. right? Okay, good. Yeah, it's embarrassing like yeah. that's the thing. you're absolutely
2: right they're only bringing these things up because they know that they can then be used as a Fox News headline exactly. or a talking point
1: exactly they're literally making their own headlines by asking these questions it has no Mer- her response has nothing to do with it. The fact that they can say whatever they want and ask whatever they want, they're taking advantage yeah, of they that. Yeah, you know? They, they
2: know that the people who want to stop hearing after that yeah. are going to stop hearing exactly. after that. They're only going to absorb that information. Yeah. they like, oh, she's soft on pedophiles. Exactly, and, it's like,
1: That's- and that is also such a hot button thing because if you think about QAnon, Q-Anon and all children. of these things, mm-hmm. like that is their main calling card that they are here to save the children and that they are here to fight against this cabal of pedophiles in our government so if you're bringing up again these things that are so sensitive to so many people on the right you're bringing up child sexual abuse right that's going to perk their ears up right no matter what her response to that is the fact that she might have defended somebody like that in the past is a a negative check on their list well and
2: he was talking about as a judge like not giving harsh enough sentences and her response to that was it's a case by case Basis. So, for instance, one time I had to sentence someone who was 18 who had been speaking with a federal agent to a teenager, teenage girl. And I'm not going to sentence that person the same as I would sentence, you know, a pedophile. Who is um, going after like members of his own family or is is, 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 like going after
1: multiple children. And isn't that what being a good judge is, is is taking a look at the facts of the case and and determining and and applying proper justice to each case. Right. Right.
2: Yeah, of course. Like why Because would those then it two would be obscene. They're different to be, circumstances. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: But Holly's whole thing was that he wrote this Twitter thread as a way to quote unquote warn Katanji before his questioning on Monday to be like, This is what's like coming to you or whatever and it's it's uh it's something. But the thing that absolutely boggled my mind and made me the most angry, like made my palms sweaty this morning, was reading what Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn oh. brought up.
2: Oh, gosh. Her opening statement was so gross.
1: I mean, she, uh, and again, this is just rolling out the red carpet of every hot button topic you could possibly think of. She brought up trans children competing in sports, critical race theory and the 1619 Project while accusing her of being a judicial activist with a secret agenda to indoctrinate children and free violent criminals. It
2: is so Wild to me because I'm like, on the basis of what? Like, it yeah. ends up feeling very racist. It does. That and you would just assume, like, you're going to say all of these things to this woman on with no basis. With like, no you're just basis. Like, I don't know. I look at you and think you have a hidden agenda to
1: exactly. protect sex criminals. Like, what are you talking about? Or to, like, okay, so the 1619 project, I didn't really know about it, so I Googled it. Learned a little bit about it. So if you don't know, it's super cool. So it's a journalism endeavor which reframes America's history by placing the consequences of slavery and the contributions of black America at the center of the United States national narrative. So it kind of reframes history in a way where instead of it being very like white Eurocentric, it frames it more around the black experience in America, which I think... Is, would be a very comprehensive way of learning history, especially since we've learned it in one way for right. so long. But to them, especially when we're talking about critical race theory... It's
2: what kick this entire national exactly. conversation about, about critical race theory, because is them wanting to use that in schools. It's
1: about mm-hmm. teaching an alternative narrative to American history that is so offensive to them, that bringing up that project does in their minds and I think to a lot of other people as well it does point to like she's fighting for critical race theory she's gonna be okay it's it's
2: so like my blood is gonna start boiling Uh, right (laughs) I'm like she is a black woman and myself as a mixed race person black person whenever I read because I read you can read um, large portions of the 1619 project on Line, If you Google it or else you used to be able to. And when I first started reading that, it resonated with me so much because I'm like, yes, this is my culture. This is what my family had to go through. Like, reading, Finally,
1: I'm understanding a bit more in other contexts, right, maybe right. other parts of our history. And it was powerful to me right. to be able
2: to read that. She is a black woman. <laughs> like, it's going to resonate with her as
1: well. And like, she has every right for that to resonate and with her. Yes. And for you and to say that she should for that, that to be seen as a negative thing, I just don't understand. It's just infuriating. Why like, don't just, we want representation? Why don't we want to be discussing these things that make you feel uncomfortable? Because people
2: don't want to think of themselves or their ancestors as villains. Like, they just don't want to see it like but that. But people are
1: so complex. Like, I, right. I, I fucking accept that. Except that people in your life are probably shitty and doing shitty things. I've accepted that about living people in my family. Right. I've accepted you know? that about myself. i have not it doesn't make every you- action I've ever done in my life. Of like, course not. But you, you have to be able to reconcile that with yourself and see what's right from wrong. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person just because you're related to somebody who did something bad.
2: Right. You can't fuck it yeah, up in your it's head that just, way. It's hard for people to dismantle this idea of... Of America, of the America that we've always grown up to believe.
1: Yeah, Uh, that it could possibly change. Right, We
2: want to believe that America is, that we're the good guys, you know. And it's just, that's just not been the case for most of history,
1: for most groups. And it's not helping us to put our head in the sand and pretend that we are. Right, I agree. Yeah, her comments really
2: triggered me. I was very upset it's nasty <laughs> yes yeah. it's, it's, it's just nasty.
1: very very nasty yes what and she's this saying. again
2: this woman like she is so calm under pressure She's just graceful and <laughs> it's such an example again it reminds me of when amy coney barrett um testified during brett kavanaugh's confirmation hearing right it's kind of like for women we so often have to learn how to be like polite and, and calm. compliant Under pressure and not just pressure, but under like someone who's like hurling insults at you and like attacking your character for no reason. Like Marsha Blackburn had no reason to say those things. No. Uh, So very upsetting. Uh, There's also a lot of GOP senators who have been shamed already for their clearly racist comments and questions during her D.C. Circuit nomination last summer. So a lot of those have resurfaced. Uh, Some of them asking whether she'd ever participated in a riot or if she'd ever been arrested for committing a hate crime. What? Uh, People have been telling her to her face that she's an affirmative
1: action pick. Like, it's just (sighs) this blatant... So hurtful. Racism. this is like a woman who's, like, getting a really cool job. Like, can we not shit on her? Like, what Historic the fuck? job. Yes. You know, and, like,
2: it's just, why are you so scared Stop being of a black people? being a fucking bully. <laughs> you're so scared of black people, and you're so scared of women that, like, you are just willing to...
1: Be straight-up fucking horrible. Horrible To their racist. face. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And Lindsey Graham addressed that kind of, where... He was like, "Well, I think we're all numbed being called racist now, so we're just gonna we're just gonna say whatever we feel like we need to say, and we're gonna ask whatever questions we feel like we need to ask." And I'm like, "Okay, okay, bro. Like, you if do. if that's you, the I guess. route
1: you want to take, then there's really no arguing that. If you're totally cool with us calling you a racist, there's nothing I can do about that.
2: Yeah, that's but your choice. <laughs> they have no reason not to confirm her. So I." I would be extremely, extremely surprised if she wasn't
1: confirmed. Yeah, same. So we'll see. We shall see. Okay, so I wanted to do a little bit of a continuation off of last week's discussion on the Don't Say Gay bill, Mm -hmm. and then also kind of what I brought up about the Disney company and all of that, and Mm -hmm. what their response was to this bill, especially because Disney is such... A major, major, major money-making uh, device for the state of Florida. Yeah. They give a lot of donations to a lot of Florida politicians and things like that. And Disney employees have fucking had it. They have had enough. So, right. well, because
2: Disney released that statement, right, where they were like, "We don't condone this," but then, and
1: they're doing all of these other very performative things, like they're going right. to give us a gay kiss at some in some movie that's coming out Thanks now, so which I'm much. like, great. Like, Okay. I mean, representation matters, of
2: course. But like, to me, that feels like a very it's like it's a bandaid. Right. On the problem. It's like the summer of 2020 when we were like, okay, cool, I guess that you're not saying master suite when you go to show an apartment anymore. But can we maybe like fix this on like a substantial like S- fundamental like systemic level <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I
1: mean like this is wonderful but can this also trickle down into like the more important stuff that'd be great yeah I mean
2: at the end of the day like I I, I don't care keep calling it a master suite can we maybe get some police reform That'd be great. <laughs>
1: like no okay that's let's fine. put that on a t-shirt <laughs> I'm like, oh goodness so yeah but the employees of Disney of course are not all just cishet white men you know Correct, they, yeah they come from all different backgrounds they have all different identities they have all different life experiences and they have had just about a fuck enough mm-hmm. of Disney having anything to do with this don't say gay bill. So they planned a walkout for Tuesday morning in protest of the company where hundreds of employees right in our backyard where yeah. you used to work, right? Up in Burbank?
2: Yeah. I worked at the... I don't think I signed anything. I worked, <laughs> I worked for ABC, which is But Disney. isn't it the same building? So... Not where I worked. I worked on the Prospect Lot, which is in Los Vilas. So that's right. I worked in Los Velas. but yes, the main like where I went to get my badge and do my orientation, where the,
1: the big giant Mickey mm-hmm. hat is, you can see it from the freeway. Yeah, yeah. And there's all a big that giant kind of stuff. Mickey hat, and there's I saw Mickey's all along the fences, exactly. all around Alameda by Providence Hospital. If you live in LA, you know exactly what we're yes. talking about. Yeah, <laughs> and if you
2: don't, so sorry.
1: But yeah, Anthony sent me
2: the video of everybody walking out, and that's what you hundreds. see is all the Mickey heads on the
1: the, um, on the little tops of the fences, which yeah. I think is like a really great photo too because it's it's showing like mm-hmm. this very clear image of what they're walking out on as well. It's this huge, 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 huge company. And so for the the workers that were working at Disneyland California, they were also in discussion to be doing this walkout, but a lot of them felt very unsafe to do so. Yeah. Especially since they've been told not to wear pride or trans. Pride Nicky pins sucks at work. That it's, is fucked up. It's very fucked up. Like how what? Excuse you. Yeah.
2: You can't tell me that I can't
1: wear that. Yeah. The Disney Walkout Twitter page wrote, They want us to feel quote safe, but then sell our identities as brands and profits while preventing those same identities from existing in their own company.
2: Yeah, I that's it's part of it it's part of who you are. Why shouldn't you be able to wear a A rainbow pin. Exactly. And if
1: you're, and if we are now starting to celebrate these characters on screen, if you're going to be showing a gay kiss, if you're going to be telling these stories, why are you denying the people that work for you those same stories? Why are you just complying with like, what the world wants, just to make yourselves look better, but really not doing anything from the inside to protect right. the people that work you're for gonna you. You're going to profit off yeah. of our stories, Yep.
2: right? Like, Because diversity is such a huge hot button kind of like thing right yes. now. So you're going to profit off of the stories of minorities and then not do anything to actually make them feel safe or protected That's or exactly protect right. their rights at all. And it really sucks that You know, as much as I always advocate for workers and, you know, will always say, like, we have so much power as workers, like we are the thing that keeps this machine running, like without us, it stops, everything stops, right? And I think that leveraging that power and using that power is so important. And so being able to say, like, okay, we're gonna organize a walkout, we're gonna stop production um, today, right? Like, I think that's great. However, it also really sucks that workers have to put themselves in a position in to danger. potentially lose their jobs um, it shouldn't have to be like that like we should be able to rely on the people
1: in power to protect us and if you do going the right to- thing right away instead of having to put ourselves or our finances or our families in danger because we have to stand up for the right thing
2: right yeah I mean and having worked in a lot for a lot of different corporations and different companies they always want to make you feel like you are in a family right they always want to make you feel like which is so toxic with them but it's not don't,
1: like true but i and, uh, that is so toxic to me i really don't vibe with that whole like we're a family because that means that they're going to try to get away with stuff with you because exactly. we're like family family helps each other yes. family doesn't stuff it no, doesn't no, no. go both ways you are an employee employer you have mm-hmm. certain things that you have been expected to do with your job act that way. That's something I've had to learn, especially working with, with families, families in yeah. people's homes. Mm-hmm. That line is so fucking blurry and you have to draw those boundaries for right. yourself. But I think even working in a big company, you have to realize like how fucking toxic those statements are and, and realize that like, okay, but even though we we want this happy, harmonious work environment, and I think that's really what we're striving for, mm-hmm. that kind of language to me is very much like Because we're like family, I can treat you a certain way. Well, that's exactly it. it
2: Because that line, we're like family, only applies to you yep, right like you need to behave a certain way because you're in this family but that and it's almost mean, like and
1: I'm like the father and you revere to me and I don't know right? there's all this
2: you a certain, like it never goes back the other way yes. right because like if you're a family and you're supposed to be respecting each other that way then I should be able to go to you and feel comforted by you and protected by you exactly but that's not how this works Mm-mm. right like you're always doing the protecting for the company that's always what ends up happening exactly is you're sacrificing your time, your life, your energy, their paycheck, right?
1: that's all they care about Mm -hmm.
2: yeah and as soon as you become a liability to them you're no longer like family to them no you know so just keep that mind in mind you know I really feel like Gen Z is moving in that direction yeah I don't know
1: who we're lecturing right now but for anybody that needs to hear that especially I mean I feel like a lot of people do especially like when you're new in the workplace I feel like it's so easy to get taken advantage of or to not know what your rights are and how to set boundaries and things like that I think it's super important and that's why you know as shitty as it is that we see these people risking their jobs to to make these kinds of statements, it is so important for us to continue to be voicing those things for everybody else that maybe feels like they can't voice those things. Like the workers in Disneyland who are feeling unsafe to be who they are. Luckily, these people in Burbank were able to get up and walk out from their desks and there were actually a few smaller walkouts before that, like during their 15 minute breaks, they would all get up and walk out and things like that. So, I'm very proud of them. I think it's amazing what they're doing. I hope that, you know, all of their jobs are protected and their families are okay and all of that. But I really hope that continuing this discussion on this Don't Say Gay bill and the fact that it has still kind of stayed in the media, I'm hoping that it can be squashed, that this discussion can eventually end, that hopefully Disney and other major corporations will stop donating so much money to these hateful Republican senators who yeah. are creating these awful legislations and so putting more responsibility on those companies i'm always here for yeah
2: me too and also keep that in mind come pride month whenever disney tries to sell you something with mickey mouse's face on it that's covered in rainbows just know that like they're not really putting their money where their mouth is and i say this as someone who is somewhat of a disney adult like i i love going to disneyland i think it's fun i love disney
1: movies but like don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Yeah. I mean, in general, I would always say that whenever you, you want to buy anything that's like support, supportive of a cause, make sure that it's actually giving back to that cause Mm -hmm. in some way. I think it's really easy for us to just like, buy the Pride shirt at Target instead of, you know, maybe ordering online from a company or, that like yeah. really Independent needs it. seller. Independent yeah. seller or somewhere where they donate a lot of money to certain causes. Like there are a lot of places out there. So you just kind of have to do your research on it and make sure that you're also, not that it's the consumer's responsibility necessarily, but it's also good to know where your money is going and things like that. And
2: yeah, maybe put, this, doing better
1: in the world, you know? Maybe
2: this Pride month, we can kind of break down for you uh, companies and, and how much money they donate to anti- gay legislation. Yeah, I
1: mean, I think that'd be a great idea. Let's see how much money they donate in June to like the Trevor Project Mm -hmm. and things like that. And then let's see what they do the rest of the year. That'd be real interesting. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Well, I hope you all enjoyed another week's news episode. If there are any topics that you want us to discuss in the future, please email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at angry neighborhood feminist. If you haven't checked out our merch yet, please do so. It's pretty cute. You can go to the link in our bio on our Instagram page or the link is also in the show notes wherever you are listening to us now. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with the other listeners on the group page. And last but certainly not least, if you haven't done so already, the best way you can support us is by leaving us a positive five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a quick sentence about why you enjoy the show. All right, that's all we got for you today. With all that being said, we encourage you to rage on. Bye.
0: Anna Sheridan, New York Times best-selling author of Supernatural Horror. Missing for nearly six months now.
1: That's not possible. Is the compass broken? Or did I?
0: Given the circumstances of her disappearance, someone with a more vivid imagination might decide she'd pierce the veil, so to speak.
2: Weak radio signal.
1: 700 meters.